The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So again, my warm greetings to all of you, and I'm happy to be back here this Monday, this 7 a.m. sitting with you all, and to share the Dharma and the practice with you. Uh, the topic for this week is going to be Nibbana. Uh, the word Nibbana is the Pali language uh, way of saying Nirvana, which is the Sanskrit wording of it. And um, this is a topic which is pretty central to the teachings of the Buddha. It's one of the definitions or one of the uh, stated kind of goals of the practice is to attain Nibbana. And, um, but we have to kind of look at this carefully, what this means and this experience is like. Uh, first of all, the idea of the word Nibbana is a metaphor. It later, after the time of the Buddha, perhaps becomes more of a technical word. But um, the Buddha was started to be using the word as a metaphor and with a variety of different meanings. So we'll look at the meanings of this word. And, um, and this uh, five days we'll do it together. Um, I, I think of a little bit like a unfolding, a path that unfolds the day by day as hopefully we go kind of build on, on uh, the teachings each day to go further on this topic. It's a topic that uh, I think I avoided for many years to teach as a teacher. Uh, I had a somewhat ambivalent relationship to using the word Nibbana or Nirvana uh, partly because um, it can be a confusing topic. It lends itself to some kind of idea of, of, a, um, of a transcendent goal that's kind of apart from daily life. And often there can be a lot of conceit about who has or doesn't have nirvana, nibbana, the experience of it. And, uh, and a lot of confusion, and a lot of comparative thinking, a lot of striving that goes into it. And so it just seemed always better not to talk about it. But in recent years, it seems to have kind of changed my mind a little bit and see it as we don't, shouldn't shy away from it, that uh, it's an important part of tradition, it's an important part of our potential, and maybe we can talk about it in a way that, uh, that uh, prevents some of the downsides of, of talking about it. And, um, and so one of the ways I want to... Um, and, so, and so one of the kind of tensions in this uh, history of I had with this word Nibbana was there were uh, two kind of general uh, ways of emphasizing the practice. Some people, uh, some of my teachers would emphasize the practice was just, in some way or other, was just about being fully present for this experience without any concern for a goal. And if we start talking about enlightenment or Nibbana, Nirvana, then we start talking about something which is not here but rather somewhere else in the future, some potential. And if we're leaning into the future, we really miss the experience here. And the point was to really just be present for this experience in a full, uh, full way, in a very deeply um, unconditional accepting way, just this experience. And then I had other teachers who emphasized that there is a, this, uh, something very different than just being here, that um, that uh, is Nibbana, is this liberation, this deep release, this freedom that's possible. And sometimes it was kind of presented as kind of an experience you can have. Uh, 
And, um, and so how do these two different kind of emphases work together? And one way is that uh, with a little saying that the fastest way or the, maybe the most effective way of getting from A to B is to be fully in A. So yes, there is a goal, but the way to attain that goal of Nibbana is not to be leaning into the future, not to be striving, but really to settle in in an unconditional acceptance of this moment, just as it is, comfortable, uncomfortable, pleasant, unpleasant, wonderful gardens or barren wildernesses. It doesn't really matter. The, the matter is the practice which allows you to settle into how it is now. This is what it is. Let's be mindful and present here. Sometimes, however, this mindfulness, just being mindful of the present and no goal, uh, leaves some people with the not enough kind of incentive or imagination or, or um, direction for how fully it's possible to be unconditionally here in a full way. And so talking about Nibbana is the, the fullest potential of what it's like to be fully here and present. And I'd like to give you a, a kind of another example, a metaphor kind of, from my own experience. Uh, maybe about eight years ago, when my son was maybe 14 or so, uh, 13 or 14, um, we were on vacation, and, and uh, I did something which I've really never done before in my life, I, because he was kind of interested in this. Uh, we went to a golf course to go golfing. And uh, we, you know, rented the whole golf club thing and golf balls and, and walked out on the greens. And we did some kind of practice putting, shooting, before we got onto the proper golf course. And then I was going to go first at the first tee, I think it's called, the first place where you begin and the first, towards the first hole. See how they have very little bit about golf. And uh, I put that tee into the ground and put the little white golf ball on top of it and uh, chose this, um, uh, you know, the club that you use for hitting the first good whack that's supposed to send the ball far. And I got myself all kind of settled up and ready to swing and and I can really, you know, this was a time to be really present and mindful, and, and, and I was, you know, I was really there, right there, present, and it felt nice. It felt good to be engaged, good to be in that posture the best I could, and be out under the blue sky, on this green grass, near forests nearby, and to really just be there for that experience. It was quite lovely. And to be involved in the, in the task of really focusing on the activity of, Swinging, swinging, and hitting the ball, and and so I was really kind of present and concentrated, and right there for the experience. It was great, and um, and I swung that uh, club, and uh, whoosh, I missed the ball completely. It was still sitting peacefully on the tee. So okay, so I got myself all settled up again and ready to do it again, and again I just missed it completely. I don't know how many times I missed it, but. I, Eventually, I hit it. And the first time I hit it, I could feel the good sound of a whack. And, I was, and then the ball went about three feet rolling on the ground. And uh, so that was, you know, a wonderful, glorious beginning of a golf, golf career. So then, I, of course, I put the ball back on the tee and tried again. And eventually, I hit the ball 
and it was a very nice sounding whack. And the ball lifted up in the air and, uh, and sailed down the golf course. And, um, and uh, what happened to me was everything stopped. And I kind of felt my mind floating, flying with the golf ball up into the air. And there was a sense of release and freedom and ease and openness with watching the golf ball fly up in the air uh, going. And so the idea of purpose and being intentional with the swing and with the golf ball and hitting and being really present in a conscious way vanished completely. There was no intentionality, there was no me, there was no um, uh, trying to be mindful of anything. Uh, it was just natural awareness, natural awareness of and this complete release of intentionality or purpose of uh, uh, me in that movement. And in, while I was trying to make the swings, there was a, I hit the ball, there was a kind of very nice mindfulness, very nice presence that was satisfying. But there was a whole order of magnitude different of uh, the satisfaction and the ease and the freedom, the well-being that came when actually the mindfulness, the, the intentional conscious mindfulness of being present um, dropped away. And I was just there with this great feeling of timeless openness with the ball flying through the air. And uh, when that I saw, after that, uh, that ball was through the air, I kind of said, oh, this is why people go golfing. Maybe for that experience. So these are two different ways of being um, uh, in the present moment. Uh, one is a little more intentional, one is more uh, uh, focused, more involved, and one is, uh, involves complete release. Nibbana is a kind of being present. It is being fully at A. Uh, just like many people might experience mindfulness, it's like, oh, I'm fully here but it's fully here with this release, this freedom, this ease that's there. And, it's, um, and uh, the tradition uh, describes it in, in, uh, in many different ways. There's one list of 33 synonyms for this experience. And uh, I'll, I'll read you some of the words that uh, get a sense of the, the richness or the value that the Buddha put on this experience. Uh, he called it peaceful, sublime, happy, calm, wonderful, amazing, health, non-troubled, purity, freedom, the island, the shelter, the refuge, truth, and what's subtle, and destination. So these are very kind of positive words that uh, suggest that this is held up in high value. And it's not, uh, as some people think, um, uh, that the word nirvana or nibbana mean a kind of quenching, um, a kind of, kind, of, a kind of extinguishing of everything uh, into some kind of barrenness or something. There's something about the release, this freedom of the ball going through the air, of the bird flying through, uh, through the air or something that um, that is quite wonderful 
And there's very positive associations with this word Nibbana. In fact, the colloquial meaning of it, one of the colloquial meanings of it, is um, health. Another one is to become peaceful and tamed. A, a well-tamed, peaceful horse is described as, as being a horse that has Nibbana. Um, it also has the meaning of, um, of a fire going out, not because it's been blown out, but because the fuel, that which keeps it burning, has uh, finished. There's nothing more to burn. And so the idea of health sometimes comes with the idea that the fever of an illness has broken and there's no more uh, fever that's uh, burning us. And this experience of Nibbana has a number of metaphors that go with it. One of them from this list is it's called... Um, um, it's called... Um, an island. And the, the idea is that uh, it's also called sometimes the other shore. And this shore is where there's a lot of danger the, uh, and a lot of danger for suffering. The other shore or the island that we go to is a place that's free of danger, free of the floods of life, free of the winds of, of um, distress that can happen. And so it is sometimes presented as a location, a place but um, that's kind of a metaphor. Sometimes there's the idea in Theravada Buddhism, another metaphor is that it's a, a wonderful palace, a wonderful capital city that uh, we come to at the end of the path. Um, but it is, regardless of what it is, and we'll talk about it as we go through these, this week, uh, it's certainly a qualitatively significant way of really unconditionally being present for our experience right here, and one which brings a tremendous feeling of well-being, um, and kind of sets our sets sets us on a new course of practice. We understand the level and possibilities of well-being and peace in a very radically different way, uh, where it kind of comes from the inside out in a powerful way, rather than from the world towards us. Um, and uh, so, one of the synonyms for this experience is the word happy, sukha. And uh, sometimes the word delight is used. There's a nun, um, um, uh, Uttama, who in the time of the Buddha had a poem. She said, the seven factors of awakening, the path for attaining release. I've cultivated them all as instructed by the Buddha. I attained what I wished. I am the true daughter of the Buddha, always delighting in Nibbana. So the Buddha said, Nibbana is the greatest happiness. And Nibbana is also described as the release from all suffering. So to have this release from all suffering, happiness, something we delight in, something that um, uh, teaches us the full potential of mindfulness, full potential of being fully present here for this experience. So that'll be what we'll talk about, what I'll talk about for these next days. And, and, um, and hopefully uh, I'll do so in a way that is relevant for you and that you can understand this important topic. So thank you very much and I look forward to 
being here with you tomorrow.